0: Welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast, the must listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride to be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am very excited about this particular episode which I'm entitling How to Stop Being an Anxious Wreck in Romance and it is with the wonderful Cherise Cook who is an online relationship therapist who shares powerful step-by-step teachings around how to create and maintain incredible relationships. So already just that sharing that you can probably tell, is very aligned with my work. I love it. So Cherise has been featured in the Huffington Post, Marie Claire, the independent stylist, to name a few. So firstly, Cherise, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is an absolute pleasure,
1: pleasure. I've been devouring your book. So we've got lots to be going over in in this time. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Oh, do you know what it meant so much to me when you told me that you um you've been reading my book um and uh, oh gosh yeah it really I'm I'm really grateful and I have to say I've also been binging on your content it's incredible it's so insightful it's so clear um mm-hmm. it's it's been it's actually been really helpful to me particularly over this last week like I've been on there like searching particular topics which I will explain more about a little bit later on in the episode so that's a little bit of a cliffhanger for you guys right. listening so firstly we and we kind of talked about this a little bit um before we pressed record but can you explain how you work as a therapist because it's a little bit different and certainly more modern um to what I think many people think of when they think of a relationship coach or therapist
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great question. I try to define how I work all the time and I find it I find it difficult. And I've been doing it for nearly 18 years now. And during that time, you you sort of hone your style and you find the way that works best for you. And I have quite an outgoing personality. On my website, I say I've always been a little bossy. So there's there's definitely something more directive to the way that I work, which is very different to traditional therapy, which is about letting the client find their own way and asking probing questions to help them, you know, explore it with themselves. I love doing that, but I'm also someone that will be pointing out, this is what I'm seeing. Does this feel right? And, um, you know, this is something that happens in relationships all the time. And what, you know, there's something here. I can see that you maybe aren't seeing this clearly. This is what I'm seeing. And so I am quite directive Mm -hmm. and I like to really kind of roll my sleeves up with my clients and get really into it. And I feel very passionately about my subject So in that way, I think it is a little bit different. And that was part of why I started my online stuff, actually, because I wanted to teach. There's there's this thing about as a therapist, I think you do do a lot of teaching, And so I wanted to create these teachings because there's so much that I just say in my therapy sessions over and over and over again. And I just I just want everyone to know this. We all need to know this. But like you saying in your book, this is your hard won expertise from all your experiences that you've had. It's the same with me. You know, I've learned over the years in my own life through all my clients what really matters. And so I'm just trying to get that out to as many people as possible. So I'm being very bossy and telling people what to do, what not to do. And um, it feels very liberating. Mm-hmm. Girl, was singing from the same
0: hymn sheet. <laughs> <Exercise>. Very similar. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, so let's dive straight in. So first off, this is quite a general question, going straight to the topic and the title of today's episode. Okay. Why are so many women today such anxious wrecks when it comes to romance?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we can all relate to this, can't we? Relationships. You know, I think there is something around this. And and let me just preface this by saying more and more I'm seeing um, anxious men in relationships. Mm -hmm. So I don't Mm want to just sort of blanket statement it, but you are right. I think as women, there's a lot more emotionality for us as women, just biologically, you know, because we have the kids, because of, you know, we are very oriented. We're very relationship oriented, if you think about it. You know, where, you know, thousands of years ago, we were in the village raising the kids. You know, that was our job. We had to know about relationships, attachment, our bonds. Those were and are the most important things to us biologically. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of emotion. Fast forward now into our modern life, as you say now, it's kind of where's it there isn't a lot of security you know, there's no village. There's no kind of community where we have a place. We know who you know where we are. We're loved. We're going to be partnered off. It's, it's all going to be okay. So I think I think there is a lot biologically that we've got going against us as women. That there's a there's, there's a vulnerability in relationships that is just exacerbated. But I also think because of the way. Relationships are set up now, and dating is is set up now. Everything's been disrupted. It's kind of with the online stuff and apps. There's just so much choice. Dare I say, for men out there, that for them to be really focused and interested in one person and really invest in that in that one person. For anyone who was a little bit kind of avoidant, they've got all they need in the apps to keep themselves jumping from one person to the next to the next to the next. And for us as, as, as women who generally are quite interested in investing in the relationship because we have a biological imperative around that, there becomes a lot of fear around that because we are, we are feeling more and more powerless. And that's like a big uh, you know, part of how I like to work with people is I, I want women to feel powerful when mm-hmm. they're dating and when they're in their lives because it is so easy for us to feel like we have no power mm-hmm. and we're just kind of waiting or we're trying to be perfect. And we're pretzeling ourselves to be this, that, and the other thing, or whatever. And it's all about being liked, rather than do I actually like what I'm seeing? And what about this person? And is this person going to give me the future that I want, or, or whatever? So it is a tough time for relationships. It's, it's it's very very difficult. And also, we I just can tell you as a therapist, statistically, we've all never been more anxious. We are just sort of anxiety is the top number one mental health issue globally. It is a huge, huge problem. Our modern life keeps us going, living off adrenaline. Da, 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 da. So, yeah, anxiety is unfortunately the theme of the day. And because of the vulnerability we feel in relationships, I think it's even more pronounced. Oh,
0: God, yeah. And then you just sort of, I don't know, chuck in a global pandemic. <laughs>
1: sure, that's right. Let's just throw in some financial issues, a pandemic, a bit of death. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't harm people. It doesn't hurt no. us. So that's absolutely right. It's, it's sort of, it becomes more and more, you know, the world is on fire and it is scary. So that's, mm-hmm. and that's evident in our attitudes and the way that we are, both mm-hmm. in relationships and just in, in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we're, we're really clear on the landscape. It's a bloody mess out there. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to actually focus predominantly on the solution, because mm-hmm. both of you and I know that there really are solutions I, I've certainly seen in my own life. I mean, you know, of course, I've seen it in so many of my clients' lives, as as of course you have as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I just always come back to, whilst my relationship is by no means perfect, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but oh my God, compared to where I was, I, you know, I was such a bloody disaster. And what I've loved from researching you and your work is actually, again, we have really similar methodologies in the way that, um, so what I've seen, you you have, uh, it's like a three-part structure, which is understand your past, be Mm -hmm. fully present in the now, and then create your future, which is kind of similar to I've got a program like um, my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate. And that's what my book Love is Coming was sort of inspired by and born out of. And obviously the book which you're reading is Heal, Attract, Commit. And I've experienced in my life, it's like you just keep going around in those circles. It's not as simple as like, First you heal, then you yeah. attract the relationship, then you commit, and then you're done. It's like, no, no, no. Then you get the relationship and you're right back and heal. That is <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. And then you've been together a while and then the attraction goes a bit because yeah. you know, you normalize to it. So then you have to be doing that. And then you're, you know, you're going to a new level in, in the relationship. And it really is a never-ending cycle. And, um and so, uh, you know, I was reading through a lot of the stuff on your website that falls under that structure. And it's, it's so powerful. So could you just talk us through those phases a little bit in a bit more detail?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I agree. And I love that. That's such a great little trio of, of things. Yeah, I mean, therapy, therapy is always about, you know, looking at our childhood, looking at what what went on. And from my perspective, how I work is, is Let's look back because that is going to be the origin of our patterns. You know, I'm very, very big on patterns and sort of what 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 we do today is often we're acting out some kind of a pattern that is familiar to us, but it's probably very unconscious. So by going and looking back, you know, being a bit archaeological, let's go back, let's look at your past, let's look at your childhood. What did you learn about relationships? What did you learn about attachment growing up? You know, what did you learn about what love feels like and how attentive people are, etc. Because knowing and truly understanding that we was really tough and actually when i remember that i feel a bit anxious even thinking about it and then actually and then what i do is i try to create um the connection between that and then what's happening now so with that knowledge tune into now let's be present what's going on in your relationships now are you really fearful in your in your relationships and then what does that do to your behavior what have you learned that you need to do to be loved do you have to be super cute funny sexy you know haughty whatever or are you actually a bit avoidant so you actually hold people at arm's distance and you aren't really interested and you sabotage your relationships and you like I don't need anyone because it helps us understand what we're doing now that isn't going to help us get what we want you know I'm sure you have this it's kind of we all want to have connection, we all want to have intimacy, but actually many of us have not been taught or shown how to do that. So by looking back, we can go back and go, oh, that didn't happen. And I'll say to my clients, what did you want back then? And and it's really simple. It's just like, oh, I just wanted to be held, or I just wanted to sort of someone to just explain to me, or I just wanted to know that they were there and they weren't there. I was looking for them and I couldn't see them. You know, So these basic things that are so crucial to us as we develop you know, how secure and how safe we feel in relationships helps inform the today. And so then we look at the today and then I get really, really practical. It's like, okay, let's really, let's make a list of what you're doing. That's not helping you. We all know that we do unhelpful behaviors. We all know that we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot sometimes, but we sort of feel like we can't do anything differently. And it's like, okay, well, let's try to do something differently. Let's breathe. And let's think about what would behaving with dignity look like here? What would self-love look like here or what would what would what would taking a risk a little micro risk look like here and then in that way we can create something that we want in the future and i challenge my clients and i say what do you want for your future okay let's be really really clear and then we look at the choices we're making in the present about are the choices we're making today likely to take us to that future Cause oftentimes it's completely not going to, you know, we want the dream and we want the perfect sort of future, but you know, we're choosing people that are not interested in that or haven't got, you know, the same values as us, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, look, that's not going to take you where you want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very, very much like you. And I agree that, um, you know, I say and people don't always like it. It's like, this is your life's work. This isn't, we get this right and then you meet someone and then it's happily ever after. And then mm. it's like, then you've got, you know, the wonderful, joyous work of working in a relationship because we want, it's just going to be layers and layers of learning and, and growing. And that can either be something beautiful, I think, or for many people in relationship, it can be a source of huge pain. Mm. Uh, you know, relationships can make or break it, you know, whether or not they survive. You know, you either you either grow together or you kind of fail together. Mm. Oh my God, I'm, I'm
0: actually getting really emotional listening to you. Oh. Yeah, I just like, this was divine timing that we were supposed to speak today. It's all going to make sense in a little bit, but I want to get through these questions because um, this, yeah, I'm, I'm basically the questions I'm asking you are all the main questions we get asked um, or I get asked day in, day out. And I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Okay. So, so one of the, the biggies is, how on earth do we handle rejection in modern dating? Because it feels like, especially with the apps, it just feels like it's constant. And as you said, anxiety is already really high. Mm -hmm. Everyone is feeling very vulnerable, whether they are in a relationship or single because of COVID, like that's just been a whole other layer to all of this. So what is, how, how do we handle that
1: rejection? That's, that, that is a great question. And this is something that I, I feel quite strongly about myself because just to go a little bit, you, um, a few steps further, when I'm working with a client, often the work that, that we are doing is it's about undoing the upset and the reaction and the defensiveness to rejection or to perceived rejection. And I think that... Um, For all of our emotionality in life and relationships, it's a little bit of a paradox. We've also never been more crap at dealing with our emotions. So there's a lot of emotion, but there's not a lot of dealing with with emotion. And what I think we need to do is we need to do the hard thing, which is breathe into the feelings that relationships bring up for us, whether it's rejection or a sense of abandonment, or we're not enough, or you know, for the eighth time now, something's not working out. I think we have to sort of stand in the rain and kind of let it let it happen in a way. And the reason why I say that is because what what happens instead is our hearts close, we become really hard, we become angry, we become hopeless, we become jaded and cynical, and we become people that we're not. And that is just going to sabotage our very next few steps. So it's sort of, it's it's actually that that I feel like we need to cope with. It's kind Mm -hmm. of, how can you have your emotions, tolerate them, understanding it's the nature of life. We're beautiful emotional human beings. It is painful and that we may need to grieve. And how do we do that? And how do we be true to our emotional reality and not become bitter and twisted as a result. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's sort of so it isn't it isn't the emotions that are problematic. Of course they're incredibly painful and we've all got to, we've all got to have them. But it's 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 what we can try to you know not allow them to make of us. So let them not make us these small angry people or cynical people that protect ourselves at all costs. It's like how do we stay open? How do we stay gentle? How do we stay soft? in relationships because I can tell you when I'm working with an individual or, or, or a couple, it's surprising how harsh we can get in relationships so quickly. You know, we get into the FUs and I hate, you You know, like super quick being soft is actually really, really hard. And that I think is sort of counterintuitively, that is actually the answer, I think. Mm, it's really interesting that you bring up
0: couples there as well because I think we often associate rejection In um in romance is is, you know, you're single, you go on a date a few times, you're dating someone and then they reject you, or you get your heart broken. But actually, inside a relationship, and this is something I've really seen in myself since Joe came into my life. I saw it before, but on a new level with him was how much I would my instinct was to reject him in some way Mm. um, because I, because it's total love avoidance. Here was a man that completely accepted me and, Mm. and it fucking terrified me and still does when, when, when stuff comes up as it has been for me recently, it's bizarre because it's what we think and say we always want is, Mm -hmm. is love and acceptance And and I say this to my clients, I'm like, just trust me, because when you get it, you want to run for the hills. (laughs) It's so confusing. What's that about?
1: Well, I think, you know, that's such a great insight and that's brilliant that you can see that and we can see it with others. But when we see it with ourselves, it's like, oh, my God, you know, what is going on here? And, you know, as humans, you know, there's a saying we are made more for war than for love. oh so so and and what that means is is that to survive we need to protect ourselves we need to protect ourselves from death we don't have to you know so so when there's so 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 for us when when we perceive a danger and let's face it relationships feel dangerous we're so Mm -hmm. vulnerable You know, that we when you know when we give, you know, when we're open, we're there, we're gonna get hurt. I mean, the pain is inexplicable for us. So so that so then our partners become these threats. They become these threats when they just don't do stuff we want around the house, or when they're kind of not answering our calls, or when they're just being annoying, or when they're being loving. Something our bodies will interpret that sadly and ironically as a threat. And so how we react to it is from a place of defendedness, mm. not from a place of sort of being able to accept. And that's why I think us embracing how vulnerable we are in, in relationships is like the dirty secret. None of us actually want to admit mm. like we are vulnerable in relationships. It's okay, but we are just accepted because if, if, if we aren't aware of that, then that fear around that, that vulnerability is just going to be coming in the whole time and it's going to push people away, it's going to start fights or it's going to start saying, oh, he's not also so great in our heads or whatever, anything to kind of create some sort of distance because we have a need to feel safe in those moments. But I think you know, there's also something about you know we all have our histories and we've all all got our pain and, and a lot of our pain comes from not getting the needs met that we had wanted at some stage, if not the whole time while we were growing up and during a crucial crucial really really young years. So, the the healing relationships that we want to have in in adulthood, we've got to learn. To, to to let them in because we don't actually have experience of it from when we were younger. What we have it, what we have experience of is wanting more. That's often the theme. It's I just want you know I've always wanted more. Why can't they just love me? Why can't I, they just choose me? Why can't I be the one? And then, as you say, then we arrive and we are chosen and we are the one, and we don't know what to do. Yeah. This is new territory, and every step we take now is new, is a new step and on ground we've never never traveled before and the fear around that is kind of huge so I think that to me that speaks of a sensitivity that you're saying that it's just like this is scary I don't know how to do this but I know how to push people away and I know how things to I know I know for a relationship to feel messed up so let me just quickly unconsciously make make that happen and then things might feel a bit safer
0: yeah and you know what when you do this for a job you you get really skilled at doing that in a, like before what I would do, mm-hmm. would cheat, I'll cheat, you know, it was like really basic level, push them away, um, or, or make it so yeah. I couldn't go back to them. And now this is what's really hard as it's become, it's more insidious. Mm-hmm. So the feelings are still there. And, and for the most part I manage them well, but when shit hits the fan or something comes up, it can really like I can convince myself that, like, I can almost therapize myself. If that's yeah. even a word, does that make sense? Yeah. Into why, why? Oh, maybe I shouldn't be here, and maybe this is, and you're, and blah blah. blah this, this isn't a healthy thing. But mm-hmm. it's like it's the love avoidance being so yeah. clever. Yes, because because actually, I always say to clients, listen to what your body's doing. Listen to what the voice is doing. Yeah. Is is it like? Is it in fear? Is it loud? Yeah. Or is it like calm? measured respectful simple and when I tune into that I'm like oh no it's me that's the, it's me that's the problem oh the problem but do you know what I mean it's actually yeah. it's projection in fact let's talk about projection that's a perfect moment to segue mm-hmm. in because I think a lot of people say projection projection and and I have clients who are like what the hell is projection and I'd love to hear
1: what you what your perspective on that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a great phrase and I think it's from the 12 steps. So you may be familiar with it, but it's, you spot it, you got it. Yeah. That's all, nothing else needs to be said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, the thing with projection is that I think that is worth saying here based on what, what you're sharing is, is that we will feel uncomfortable with um, certain, certain things. And so if, if, if something is sufficiently uncomfortable, we will project it onto our partner.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: what the example that you've given is sometimes we get into the relationship and we're living the dream, but then maybe we can start niggling in our head about our partners and they're this and they're that, or, you know, maybe they're annoying or kind of whatever. And we are sort of, we are projecting our fears kind of onto them or we're projecting kind of something that is familiar to us on, onto them and they're just there like on the sofa reading their book but it's like but but in our heads that we are making them something else so we're we're projecting something onto them and I think that's definitely something for us all to be aware of because and this is why it's so useful to look at our past because we have to recognize this is what I expect from men yeah you know, men do this and so we will see our relationship through that lens and be like, so someone just does something vaguely kind of random or like innocuous, but we will interpret it through this bias of, but this is what they're like. Mm. This is what they do. They are untrustworthy. They don't care. I don't matter. You know, whatever our pain is, whatever our wound is. And we begin to just project that out in, in into the relationship. And like you say, we have to reality check because that is, our avoidant, but that's also our wound coming out, going, Yeah. no, it isn't right, it isn't right, when actually this is just a moment for healing, this is a moment for us to think, mm-hmm. my stuff's coming up, I need to love myself and be kind and ride this out and not react into it and not make any big decisions, this is actually just showing me, it's just holding the mirror up that this is painful for me because this hasn't always been the way for me or I have, I have, I have experienced a lot of bad stuff in the past. And I'm still, mm.
0: and I'm still healing and I'm still grieving that as well. Oh gosh, yes. I had I had another question linked to that, and and then I've forgotten what it was. But yeah, I I um oh what was it? It's really annoying. It's gone. Hopefully, it will come back. Yeah. Um, but I very yeah I very much relate to that idea of projection. It's certainly something that comes up in. Um, relationships with women in fact I've just run a round of my program get your soulmate and and there's um some of the women who'd done it before even several times and they had done it through the lens of their romantic relationships they did the program but looking at exactly the same process but looking at their relationships with women Mm. and my god was it powerful like and I've done that as well I really feel I've been in the sort of module of life over the last couple of years of dealing with and looking at my relationship with women, which I have to be honest, harder. Harder for yes. me than the man stuff. <laughs> Much harder because yes. you know what? Okay, I'm gonna just give you a little story here. So okay. um we're renting um with Joe's we've we've got our house in the countryside, as I mentioned earlier, and and then we're renting in London with Joe's brother mm-hmm. and some of his friends. And um I mean so we've got the, the house WhatsApp group with these guys and my god it's so interesting how differently they handle a problem than, than um, when I've had house shares with women and so this was around the cleaning and they just bloody say it yeah. like whatever they think they just say it and they go you know and and there's just no issue and it's it you know there's none of the subtext but when when I've lived with women you know groups of women over the years I've done it many times my god the passive aggression yeah. the bitching the gossiping they're not saying you know the indirectness and and that can so color um are certainly for me my trust with women and my sort of boundaries around women and I know that this is a slight digression but I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts Mm -hmm. around that
1: no but I think that this is actually very very true because that is what we are accustomed to and what we expect and often when we're then having um a relationship with a man or a friendship or whatever it is it's sort of we are we are often wrong footed because there is, you know, men are very literal. Yeah, you know, They are very literal. Women are very smoke and mirrors. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like five different languages happening at once. And everyone knows what's going on, but no one is saying anything. You know, it's like <laughs> completely different, right? So for us to change gears and, and sort of hear what men say and and, and to hear their, their literalness and their brevity you know I you know ironically this is where we where we project our femaleness onto them and we're like oh well you know well they don't care enough they only text me one line it's like well they only needed to text one line yeah. They're not a woman that are going to send this whole weird thing and a voice note and a picture but you know still haven't answered your question mm-hmm. It's like so I think there is something around how we relate is different mm mm-hmm. And, and embracing those differences is really, really, really hard. And for you, and I totally understand, and I went to a girls' school and I've been on those WhatsApp groups and house shares and everything, and it's like it's, it is it is a minefield to sort of really find your way and to feel safe and, and secure sometimes with women. And mm-hmm. we carry that as much as that in, into our relationship, that sort of relationships as a whole feel quite confusing for us. Mm-hmm. That minefield with sort of women and then this confusing kind of, you know, simplicity with men that, you know, doesn't always meet meet, meet our needs because they, we are a little bit more complex in that way. So I can totally understand what you're saying.
0: I feel like we might need to do a whole other episode on <laughs> female relationships. Yeah. Course. I think we will, because that will be so interesting. Yeah. OK, yeah. so another question we've kind of touched on, but I want to go a bit deeper into. Mm-hmm. How do you tell the difference between your intuition and your instinct, perhaps? Oh, and anxiety yeah
1: well I think um I think you know this is a bit controversial but I don't think you can I think you know I'm very kind of trauma informed in kind of how I work and so our bodies if we kind of it sounds like you've got a really great practice that you can tune into your body, and it can give you direction that you've learned as kind of sound. But I think for a lot of people, we tune into our bodies, and our bodies are on red alert, mm. saying "Freak out! Freak out! Freak out!" and then we do, and that's mm. and that isn't isn't helpful. I think there's something there's something really interesting. I was reading some research the other day about anxious attachment, and it was saying how people with anxious attachment have it is now conclusively been shown that we have excessive right brain activity. And what that means is, is that we are just, you know, we are in the emotive part of our brain. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of rational reasoning often isn't available to us when we are anxiously attached. Mm -hmm. And so we're sort of at the mercy of our emotions a lot of the time. So our instinct in those in those moments is cling on or hang on or call them up or confront them or you know talk talk about it incessantly with your friends for like seven days in a row or kind of whatever you know. That's what our instinct is kind of telling us to do. When actually what I want to do is I want to bring some emotional regulation in. It's like recognize we're activated, recognize we're triggered. Let's just totally use all the regulation that, that we can to, to kind of calm us down. And then And then we think, and again, another 12 12 step thing, a very sex and love addicts thing. It's like, it is a well thought out decision. The next next step is a well thought out decision. It isn't that I'm angry, so I'm doing this, or I'm terrified, so I'm doing this. It's a well thought out decision, just like who we choose is a well thought out decision. It's not about chemistry. It's not about, oh my, I'm feeling all of this. It's like, this person is kind, is going to treat me well, is going to be secure, mm-hmm. is going to respect me. This is a well thought out decision. Bringing that reason and that left brain activity helps balance that out. And then we're able to really kind of, I think, hit the spot.
0: Yes. It just made me think of, um, so with all with all of this, I, I guess my approach, it, it definitely has a, a spiritual um, essence to it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, one one way that I am so grateful that my love story played out with Joe, it was like literally like the universe knew and gave me what I needed because yeah. we met and there was this chemistry, but I didn't feel that lover addict as I had so many times before which was like yeah. where it's like it feels like junky 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 vibes
1: yeah.
0: but we we you know we fell in love fast but we, I really like he kept like in the first because we were sort of date with each other for two weeks and then he was going away to Bali for six weeks on a guy's trip that he had planned for ages and I am so grateful for that time apart. Because in that time, I did, I mean, it was interesting timing that I was um, editing the second draft of our book, The Inner Fix, one of my old business partners' book, The Inner Fix. And so I, everything we're talking about, I was writing about mm-hmm. and I, I i was being forced to work yeah. through it. So that when we came together after the six weeks and he asked me to be his girlfriend, after we'd had this like ridiculously magical love story and experience in those two weeks, I had had time to process yeah. stuff, if that makes sense. So I, I always say to my clients, like, like they, you said, um, sex and love addicts, anonymous, no sudden movements. So I'll say, mm-hmm. and I write about this in Love Is Coming. In the first year, if possible, don't do anything that's a big decision, like move in, have a baby. Yeah. Da, da, da. And I know sometimes things happen. I get yeah, that, I of definitely course definitely. that happens. But if you have a choice over it, because I've had a lot of clients come to me because they've literally jumped into living with someone after a couple of months yeah. and it all implodes. And then they're just like, and, and it's, you and know, I always say like, why, why rush? Because that the addict in you wants to rush yeah. because it can never get enough. It can never get enough. But actually it's like, slow down, savor it. It's like when you think about binging food, yeah. it's coming from that really junk place. It's like, savor this. It's good to miss one another. have space I always come back to that Carl Hill Gibran who wrote The Prophet he talks about marriage but I think it's true of relationships be like the pillars of a temple so you're standing sort of like this you're not too close together you're not too far apart you've got your own independence you've got your own life you've got your own thing going on Mm -hmm. but you're holding up the structure that is the relationship and that very much feels Mm -hmm. what Joe and I from day one have built together because we're both like having our own lives and there's a lot of space in the relationship so that was another tangent.
1: Um, yes, yes, I I agree, and I think that that's so beautiful. And that was that was yeah, that was a gift that you mm-hmm. had in six weeks, because yeah, there is so much. You know, you know, the beginning stage of a relationship can be amazing, but it literally is intoxicating. You know, yeah. there are the hormones in our brain are literally like the strongest. it's that be, it's the best drug out there. <laughs> it is, it is um, the best drug that is exactly
0: right. Exactly, right. And, and that all seems fantastic for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. So that's a good note to talk about. You know, I have clients who always struggle to get past that ever elusive three month mark, which is what I, you know, experienced for a time. It's like you date for three months and the three months it's suddenly like, basically, is this going to be a relationship yeah. or isn't it? So what is it about that? Why does that become such a mm-hmm. challenging time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we, this, there's like a positive aspect to that. And there's a negative aspect to that, you know, the positive aspect is, it's good to really give ourselves an out because sometimes we can be so um, sort of in need of an attachment. It's like, okay, well, yes, 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 this is kind of great. And then we'll just kind of go with sort of something. So I like that there's this, there's sort of, we can all say to ourselves, let's let's give this three months and then we'll have an idea if we want to continue. You know, I think there is, you know, I think the pressure of having a relationship is too much, but there's definitely something about, do you want to continue? Do you want to learn more about this person is what mm-hmm. I would say is that, you know, are you, are you done with this person learning about this person? And um, so I think, I think, I think, I think it's positive in that way. I think it's negative in, in another way in that we aren't giving each other a real chance to sort of let, 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 let things develop. That there's sort of there's dating and then there's sex, but then there's also about just really getting to know each other, and you can't get to know each other in that short amount of time. So I would I would prefer the three month marker to be a six month marker, to be honest, mm. because I think three months is a little bit of a ejector seat. Oh well, it's not super amazing, so I'm out, mm-hmm. which, which really really feels um, unfair. But and but I think for my clients and and kind of your clients, I think to be in control of what we want to be happening in that three months will allow us to feel better about whatever might happen if the other person makes a decision. And what I mean by that is, is let's not kind of squeeze in everything that we think that we need to be in that time and be the all singing, all dancing version of ourselves and perfect and this and that and everything else. Let's be really, really powerful and give of ourselves in in a way so we're really putting our best foot forward but we are aware we're sort of holding ourselves sufficiently back and to, to us so it doesn't feel devastating at the 3 month mark and that's and that and that speaks to what you were saying early in your relationship which is really trying to do the nervous system work of this incredibly painful thing of meeting people and possibly having sex and doing whatever it is that we want to do it's like our nervous system is just continually activated. So, mm-hmm. if we can, you know, anything that we can do to, you know, calm our nervous system. So we can be much more mindful about the choices that we're making and the version of ourselves that we're putting out there is going to help us. When we have an activated nervous system, it's going to activate our anxiety. And then all of our coping strategies are going to come up around that about being codependent or being perfectionistic or, you know, whatever, clamming up or not being who we are. And then that's when we're sort of doing ourselves a disservice. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got one
0: Last question before I ask you my very personal question. Um, What would you say are the long term uh, indicators, sorry, of long term compatibility
1: romantically? Ooh, great question. (laughs) I love that. Um, This is going to sound really unsexy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It always does, though. I I say that to clients all the time. I'm like, get ready. I'm sorry, going to bust your like Disney bubble here.
1: Look, obviously, obviously I want it to be sexy and fun and 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 all of that. But I guess I guess I've had, I've been really, really fortunate and I've worked with really, really young people and I've worked with kind of, you know, people in their 30s and 40s and also beyond. And so I feel like I've learned a lot from my older clients mm-hmm. and clients that have divorced and and remarried, but also kind of older further down the line. And I think it's really difficult when we're when we're dating to be thinking about what might have meaning for me in 10 years time or in 20 years time, you know, we're so it's it's important to be in the now, but we also have to be thinking about what, you know, what matters in life really. And so the thing, the thing that I've learned from my clients and I've learned in my own life as well is having the same values. Yeah. I think when people drastically have very very different things and this isn't about being different people because obviously we are all different people but if people are different to you in things like sort of integrity and honesty or faithfulness and stuff like that that is when relationships just really do implode because that is not a salvageable difference you know some difference is exciting and new and okay yeah let's learn about them gosh you know let's you know, let's give 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 that a go. But it's it's as we progress in life with with work and with money, and if we choose to have children or families or pets, and and people get ill or, or, or kind of whatever, we we are left with someone in their value system, and that is how much they are there for us, how much they believe in family, how supportive they are, they are able to be a sense of loyalty when 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 uh, the going gets tough that matters in relationships more than we can ever ever know because if that isn't there when we're going through a difficult time or things are really scary for us or something threatens the relationship if we don't feel like we've got a really supportive partner or someone that we ultimately know is going to be faithful even when we're kind of acting like a complete numpty or kind of whatever that makes a really really big difference so Sticking out that initial exciting bit, and then seeing that you're with someone that fundamentally has a great value system for you, I think that's the most beautiful thing.
0: I'm gonna cry again. (laughs) That leads into the question that I was gonna ask. Oh my gosh! Okay, this was a divine appointment. I can't. My goodness! Wow. Um, everything you just said there just you know reconfirms like what I have with Joe and who he is as a person. Um, What's been going on for me? So this is like, as you can already hear, my voice is shaking, but I I just have felt really cool to share this. And obviously I'll be reasonably general. Um, So we were supposed to get married last year and then COVID happened. And then we were supposed to get married this year and then we couldn't because of COVID. And now it's next year. And obviously it's looking like that that can actually happen. And there was part of me when COVID first came, that I think was relieved, partly because, of course, us being us, like we met at a festival, so the wedding is, you know, I can't do things simply. Like I used to be an actress, so it is, it is just like it, there's nothing simple about it. So there was part of me that's like, oh, relief that I don't have to put on this absolute pantomime experience, even though I know it will be amazing. Yeah. Um, the other part I think was just like. Again, this is coming back to that spiritual piece where I do believe that you know things happen for a reason, and that there was some more growing for us to do before we were ready for mm-hmm. this for this wow. marriage. Because it, you know, so many times that I've seen uh we all get wrapped particularly us women a generalization but we get so wrapped up in the wedding and we're forgetting the marriage on the other side of it and so what's been happening is I went to a friend's wedding a few weeks ago in Mallorca it was my first so I think there was a lot going on it was my first trip away since me and Joe got back from Thailand in January 2020 since we met over the last well I guess four years pre-Covid that is so weird to say, but mm-hmm. um, we travel was a very big part of our mm-hmm. relationship, and it was is always you know festivals and traveling the two things that were not happening during COVID and mm-hmm. created a lot of magic and intimacy, and you know we would do you know that be yoga and meditation all of those sort of elements, and you know we put ourselves in these new situations, so it kept the magic alive, it kept things new. Um, and it really challenged us. And obviously, we've all been challenged in really different ways. But what's what came up for me, I think, at the wedding was like suddenly the realization of like, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen. It's it's actually going to happen now. And, and I'm, you know, we we moved out to the countryside away from London. At the end of December 2020, we, we got a, a dog, a little puppy in March of this year. I started driving again for the first time in a decade. There's been a lot of like personal stuff for me this year. There's been stuff going with my family. It's been, it's been a very challenging year. There's been incredible miracles along the way. I've manifested a lot. And Mm -hmm. yet it's almost like, it's almost like I feel like so much good has come. and, and, And so much of what clients look at and go, Oh my god, that's all I want. And it's I do want it, but it's so overwhelming. It's like what we were talking about before, because my biggest thing is love avoidance. So growing up with parents who struggle with addiction, and obviously they're in a completely different place now. My family's in a very different place now, but addiction, growing up in that, like it will always be with me, and it is always my biggest fear. And and in myself, as much as with Joe or, or, or having kids potentially one day, like there's just a lot of stuff that's been coming up and I've noticed in myself how I've wanted to run away. And that's why this has been such an important thing, you know, and and we've been working through this in the, in the past couple of weeks. And actually last night, because I've been doing my work that I know to do, I had calmed down and regulated my body. And I had realized that I was projecting a lot of the stuff that was my own fears onto Joe, like Joe's, you know, he goes through his own stuff, but he's, a, he's, a, he's kind of a rock. Like he's pretty grounded. He's like, I'm a very, I'm complex and I'm complicated. And he just, you know, that's why it's such a good match for me. And, and I'm just feeling so happy again because of realizing this. So, okay. okay. What am, what am I saying here is, okay. The fear of commitment, the, the fear of like, like we we've touched on this, but getting everything you want, and then wanting to run away and smash it all up. Mm. Is there anything else that you think is important to say here in, in response to that, all of that diatribe <laughs> I just
1: said? I mean, I really loved what you were saying earlier about there's so much, there's so much toil and gnashing of teeth and pain to kind of bind the person. And there's so much you know, heartache with things that don't work out and the dating and oh god it is it is tough it is not easy out there and and we all have our stuff and you know you've shared some of your stuff you know being young being raised by addicts etc so it's it's sort of you it's like you've run this marathon and you've this finish line is just there and it's like whatever. And it's ma- yeah, and and it's so wonderful. You have that sense of achievement, and so you should. But you're probably really tired. You can't quite believe you've done it. It's amazing, and it's sort of great. And like you've just finished that marathon. Um, and what I think, what I think is the most exciting and thrilling and terrifying aspect of the kind of relationships that we want now is we are creating them from scratch pretty much and I think there's really something about perhaps a sense in you which is kind of true but I want it to be kind of thrilling which is you're about to start running another marathon.
0: <laughs> which <laughs> way- <laughs>
1: oh, My feet are so blistered. <laughs> Precisely. But you're going to do it in like a totally different way. It's kind of, Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that you are going into the unknown. Yeah, you are going completely into the unknown. I did when I got married. You are, you already are. You're living, you're living your life, you're sharing your life, you got your little family already started, Mm -hmm. and we have to piece that together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of yes, we were we were shown the family that we were we were shown growing up and everything, but. For many of us, it's kind of we we are we are painting this picture now. And there isn't really a lot of guidance around what 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 that looks like or how that feels. And it feels really, really frightening. And for those of us who are a little bit avoidant, and I believe we all are, by the way, mm-hmm. underneath the mm-hmm. anxiety is just yeah. a little bit of avoidance, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um with with our avoidance, the response, you know, we take very seriously the responsibility. Of, of things and so being being in a relationship and getting married and sharing sharing life together we will we recognize the responsibility of that and part of us goes oh my god I don't want that I want to go to festivals and travel I don't want yes. responsibility. what are you talking about forget about it I spent my whole life not doing that and it's fine and that's and that's fine but I guess what I'm just saying is is that there's a responsibility now there's a beautiful moment now that you and Joe are going to create your family the way you want it Mm. you guys are not active addicts you've got your little fur baby you're going to be moving forward with whatever you want but it's all going to be new and and the fear of the unknown is enormous Mm. so I don't want you to sort of pathologize yourself too much and be like oh I'm being an addict I'm being a voider and I'm doing this and doing that it's like that's all useful because we can recognize ourselves and catch ourselves But there's also just something about recognizing there's a little girl in you that has always wanted the security that you are really feeling and really starting to trust with Mm -hmm. this man in your life now. And you're moving out of the sort of attracting, securing stage, and you're now in the building phase. And, And we don't know what that is. We don't know what it is to start building. But you already have. You've got your home. You've got your lifestyle. You've got your doggy. You've got your plans now. Mm -hmm. everything now you're going to be building and so 20% of you is going to be really excited about that and 80% of you is going to be absolutely terrified because we don't know what that means Mm. so I think maybe it's just a little bit of a reframe of like I was saying earlier like breathing into it standing in the storm let, let the rain fall into us and so we can feel our emotions and just be like yeah, this is everything I've wanted and I'm going to keep building on this and I'm going to let the goodness in. Mm. But there is something, and you'll maybe know this with your spiritual work or kind of whatever, there is something about us that is very accustomed to the deprival and the scarcity. Oh, I just got full body shivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. i yeah. are not accustomed to the abundance. Yeah. So there really is something about Breathing into the discomfort of, okay, yes, I'm living a little dream here of having a doggie and a dude and we're, we're going to have an incredible life together. Mm. And, and, and letting that, you know, that should always have been the case for you, my mm. love. When you're a little girl, that should have been the case for you, for me, for all of us. We all should have had a simple, secure life full of love and consistency and everything else. And most of us did not get that. And that's really, really sad. And it is what it is. And that is what we create for ourselves now. And And this is it. This is it. That's what you're going to do. You've already started. And you know what? I
0: mean, oh gosh, two things. It's like, I'm so passionate about changing the the generational, you know, what happens with addiction and dysfunction and, you know, what my God, what my parents experienced and what their parents experienced. You know, this is, it's not about apportioning blame. It's realizing that we've all been like, so fucked up and and then you like we said add to that modern technology add to that the pandemic and you know for our parents or grandparents generation two world wars there's been a lot going on there's been so much yeah yeah, it's been hard and like you said it's almost like yeah being addicted 100% addicted to the drama I was always known I was an actress but I was known as the drama queen amongst all my friends and much better than I was but it still shows up more behind mm. closed doors than than you know out in clubs and drama like it used to mm. but i have but so now it's like like i said earlier it's like where it would be cheating or just like really extreme things that it's not extreme but but the feelings that are going on in me feel extreme and so it's like i need to to like let them out, you know what I mean? And and uh, and so it's an like I always say to clients, do not put me on a pedestal and think I've got it all fucking figured out because I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Like I there's a lot like I, I can be an expert on the sort of um up to the point of meeting Joe and and the, even the first few years of our relationship, but what we're navigating now, I'm very much a beginner, because like you said, I've never done this before. Yeah. I've never <laughs> I've never got to this point in a relationship.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But 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 even that is such a is such a victory. But yeah. yeah, and and you've worked so hard for it. And I think there's something in the calmness and in the lack of drama. Then actually, we can we can be more tuned in. To these to these feelings that we have of oh God, I'm actually really quite scared, or oh my goodness, I noticed that you know this is actually feeling a bit overwhelming, or kind of whatever. Whereas before, those were just steamrolled over those feelings. And you know, whatever, and whatever drama and breakdown or kind of you know thing that was kind of happening, that that was our kind of focus. Mm. But to create. You've created the calm in your life now to have something that is security, and and with that will is is going to come some sort of feelings that I think we mm. embrace. But mm-hmm. I definitely think that this is. I remember, you know, before I got married, it was a real um, it was a real reckoning of a lot of um, it was an ending. There were a lot of doors closing. Yes. I recognized. I went away with a friend of mine and with all these young guys and flirting and fun and whatever. And I was like, I can't be part of that anymore. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Like, hmm. It's <laughs> right. grief. Do
0: you know what I think it is? I think it's grief. And yeah. I think that there should be more. Um, and please can you create one? <laughs> it's a pre-marriage course. I'm sure there is one somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, because because yeah. it's such it like it's such a big commitment. And I think I don't think I think people get as I said the wedding is always the most important yeah. thing not not the marriage and 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 I think that's why I'm going through this now because it's like you know I signed up to teach this work and so I've got to do you know I've got yeah. to do the work maybe I'll create one one day
1: as well <laughs> amazing but, but, but yeah because and there's such a societal narrative around oh well we must just be so excited and it's all going to be this and it's all going to yeah. be that versus hang on there's going to be all sorts of feelings here yeah. yeah especially for us you know women, where we have it all now we have our careers we have our creative pursuits we have our interests we have our lives you know this is a transitional time and you know any therapist will tell you that transition is a mixed bag you know yes it's a lot of excitement and fun and yay we're moving on to like the next thing but there's also a lot of ambivalence you know there's also a lot of hang on what oh I don't know what that looks like I've got quite comfy with all of this I know what this feels like but now I'm being you know life that pushes us along so mm-hmm. yeah it is full of it is full of uncertainty confusion fear for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to normalize that and be okay with it and for yeah. you I think you should wear it as like a badge of honor because you've worked so hard to get here and you clearly so richly deserve it and you're sharing it with other people to help them do the same so I think as difficult as it might be just embrace it embrace all yeah. the things as they come because this is the richness you know that is a real life awake not a life yeah. numbed out oh I love
0: you oh. <laughs> before I ask you my last question where can uh, people find out more about your work
1: Okay. Well, I've got a website where I house all of my videos and teachings. They're all for free. I'm very into a step-by-step guide, how to do this, how to do this, avoid this, do this. So I'm being super, super bossy. And that's at charisecook.com. My name's a bit tricky. It's C-H-A-R-I-S-S-E-C-O-O-K-E.com. But also on Instagram, I post every day. Again, all very detailed almost to the point of ridiculous uh, posts about what to do in your relationship and that's um uh, at the sharice cook so yeah it would be great we'll to see link there. There. yes
0: and i just have to say your um your work is phenomenal and how much you share so generously generously and freely i cannot recommend enough that you guys go and check out in the show notes below um, or just go straight to charisecook.com and you've got links to your Instagram there as well and all sorts of wonderful yeah. stuff. Amazing. Okay, final question. Okay. Final question. Okay. The number one piece of advice you would give for the single women listening to this right now who haven't met their person yet and are worried that they won't. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, the single piece of advice. Please, please stay open
0: Mm.
1: The, the longer we're single and i had this in my life and so many people have had this i know but the longer we stay single there's like this weird phenomenon whereby there's almost there's almost less space in our hearts for people we actually kind of i've had some clients who've become so i think frightened and how that shows up for them is it shows up in you know, being, being so picky, it's just like impossible. It's like, there's like a perfectionism that just blocks anyone, or there's a sense of um, being super uber judgmental on like the first couple of Mm dates. So I guess my advice is just really use all the tools that you are, that you have at, you know, at, at your fingertips to just stay as open as you can to people because our partners are sort of seldom the fully formed product in front of us it's like there's just a sort of there's just we just want some basic ingredients with which to make something a a really fabulous meal that is what the relationship will do and so be aware of the disillusionment that creeps in and distorts our attitude to what we are doing, you know, it's kind of, I always encourage my clients to take breaks. If you're feeling too jaded, if you're feeling too fucking irritated and you just had it with everything, take a break. And then come back when you can really genuinely be open to meeting other human beings and sort of, and then as I say, not being too judgmental and really giving it time so that I would say minimum like four dates before Mm -hmm. you start sort of thinking about whether or not someone is right. But Mm -hmm. like I said earlier, just please watch out for becoming too bitter and cynical because that's just a protective mechanism, but actually it's going to stop you from really doing what you need to do, which is letting people in.
0: Yes, 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 a hundred thousand times. Yes, I completely agree. Thank you so much. You've been the most wonderful guest. Oh, I felt like this this has helped me non-end. I've just got some great free therapy there. <laughs> that I really needed, as I said, divine timing, divine appointment. And I know that um our wonderful listeners are going to get so much from this episode. So thank you so much.
1: It's been an absolute joy and pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so open and honest too.
0: And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So, surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you, and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.